Hey guys, if you are listening to the sound of my voice, congratulations, lucky you. Uh, welcome to Content Candy's new, 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 new show. It's called Garmin Shows Ya, with myself, Video Drew, and Lon Harris, talking about entertainment news, or whatever we find on the internet, or whatever comes to our head. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this one. Check us out wherever you can find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, what have you. And make sure to check out patreon.com backslash video drew to find out ways you can support this network, this brand as we continue to grow. Love you. Welcome to an all-new Garmin Shosia yeah. with me, Video Drew Durant, uh, and Lon Harris. That's me. That's you. It's been almost two weeks since we recorded one of these. So many new thoughts to share. I know. Like, wait, we did one. I thought we did one last Sunday. No, it was a, it was like a week ago Friday, I think. God, time. And now it's a Wednesday, so it's, oh. it's, it's, it's got to be like 11 or 12 days. I'd be like, my, I'd be like, I'm so busy, but like, I am, I am, but you also are. like, yeah. it's also just... My life is chaotic mess. Uh, you got a lot going on. And the world is opening up and the world is also ending. So there's yeah, a lot going on. There's a lot on. going on in the world. There's a lot going on in your Everything but my life. There's not a lot going on in my life, but everywhere else. Yeah, not. I've gotten really into baking. And we were just talking um, about how Michael Bay's Transformer movie has a sequence in it. And that's where I think I want to start. Yeah, it was, it's, I've, I'm, I'm blanking on all the names. This is why I will never compete at the top ranks of the Schmodown because the, there's the, it's the fourth, <laughs> <A what? laughs> it's the fourth Michael Bay movie, Transformers movie, the one that introduces Mark Wahlberg. And do your impression. It's, uh, no, I'll do it when I get to the scene. Okay. I believe it's, is it, is it the, the, the lost, the, the something, it's the one with the dinosaur bots. City of Lost Children, yes. No, that's not it. <laughs> Because uh, then the next one is the last night where it's the Merlin stuff. So it's the one before that one. Pre Tucci, is it the Francis McDormand one? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Anyway, there's a whole there's a whole bit in it where Mark Wahlberg's daughter, who I believe is seven, 16 or seventeen, I think seventeen, and she's got an older boyfriend who is not a teenager. He's like twenty or twenty one. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit where Mark Wahlberg is like, hey, you know, my daughter's not, she's not 18 yet. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not legal, a statutory rape, you know? And uh, and the guy is like, no, no, Mark Wahlberg. Like in Texas, where we are, the law is actually that there can be a max three-year gap or four-year, whatever it is. So it's legal for me to have sex with your daughter. And he's got like the law printed out. Like there's a bit where he's actually got, and I happen to have the law right here and you could verify it for yourself. And it is played in the movie like, it is a fun 
character, like get to know these guys beat. And they're both, it, it's like, it's like one of those, like, it's funny because they're, they're both so invested in this girl. Are they, is this a runner? Like, does he keep having to do this with like the bad guys catch him? And he's like, it's, I've got this piece of paper. Like the that's- runner is, is he begrudgingly comes around to this guy who's like not a bad guy. He, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's, it's, it's he's the not reveal the villain? It, it's always the, it's always the bad boys thing with, with Michael Bay, where it's like the dad, the dad's always Martin Lawrence, where it's like, you want to date my daughter? I'm going to kill you. I'm going to put a gun in your face. I'm going to kill you if you try to have sex with yeah, my daughter. Yeah, the weapon. It's right. It's it's that old, that old beat of like the cop and who hates every, no nobody's good enough for his little girl and he's going to like threaten to murder them and it's always played as very funny. So there's always, there's always that energy. Michael Bay loves that, that 80s action Right. Tough guy, masculine energy. Right. Uh, but so it's, putting it's, him on the wrong that. side of like the actual issue. Well, but I guess, you know, we, here's the thing. And, and I'm not defending Michael Bay. He's oh my very God. regressive. But I, 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 in his mind, I think he's he's mocking that attitude. Like people got on his case, the, the Bad Boys movies. So I think it's Bad Boys 2, where it has a really toxic, gross sequence where there's this very innocent adolescent guy, like 16, who comes to Mark Martin Lawrence's house to like take his little girl to like a school dance very innocent and they bring him into this room where all of the like SWAT team tough guy cops are like gearing up for a mission and they literally like act like they're gonna shoot this kid and terrify him well, they're they're terrorizing him and it's played as a joke mm-hmm. oh, like, I wonder why haha this is what dad you know you know how dads are they want to they want to fuck their daughters not you <laughs> they prank it's like that scene in uh, it's like that scene in Face Off where it's like maybe the better dad is John Travolta. Yeah, he really teaches him how to knife somebody. Exactly right. It is, and and, and so I think in Mike, Mike, he got some heat for that. But he so didn't I think direct this, this. He didn't direct this scene. Or he Michael probably, Bay directed, directed both of these movies, Bad Boys Two and this Transformers. But he didn't write it. Sorry, he didn't write right. it. He didn't write it. Okay. But but I mean, he's involved. You know, he's like put that in there. But <laughs> <laughs> you think he, you think it was his instructions? I think I think Michael Bay. I do I do think Michael Bay creatively is involved a lot. Like definitely, one thing we know he's doing in these Transformers movies is like the climax is is him telling the writer what he wants to do. Uh-huh. So it'll be like I didn't like Chicago. It was too like this is. The, you know, the pyramids thing in the second one. I have never seen a uh, Transformer movie, says Bumblebee. In, in I believe it's Revenge of the Fallen. In, sure. in the second one. Dark Side of the Moon. The climax is set like at the pyramids in Egypt. Like the Transformers are literally like they have to break into the pyramids and steal something from inside the Cairo. You know, the famous. Like, the mother box. Right. The Energon, whatever it is. Uh, and that was specifically because Michael Bay, the climax of the first movie is downtown Chicago. And he was like, this doesn't look right. It's too chaotic to be Why in the downtown Chicago? Of the city. Out of all the cities. What are you, John that just, Hughes? That was just where they shot it. Like downtown Chicago gets destroyed by the Transformers. Okay, he was yes, like, no big loss. He was like, I want to do <laughs> a kidding. different, I want to do a famous landmark, but it's got to be like open so I can really like shoot around and I don't want to be confined by like this block, there's this going on and this block, there's this going on and there's all these buildings. And so- that's he's he's not writing the script, but he's like, here's what happens in the movie because he's got it all in his mind that, visualized. So he got a lot of heat for that bad boys. Two thing. I'm thinking the Transformers bit was his attempt to like tweak it. So now the kid gets one up on the the older guy. It's not the kid being terrorized anymore, but he but he still doesn't get it. it's like, no, no, the, the girl should just have agency like it should just be there aren't two yeah. men pissing on each other because of her well, right and the idea is that the, in this scenario it seems like the guy is an actual predator the dad has a reason to be worried well, look i'm not here to say every... if the guy has something printed out 
That's, a, that's right. what makes him predatory. Exactly. Not the fact that he's right. dating this younger girl I, necessarily. It's my, that he's printed it out. My thoughts exactly. And it really speaks <laughs> to Michael Bay's like weird <laughs> instincts as a storyteller that he doesn't get how that's going <laughs> to play. Like in his mind, it plays as like a funny beat mm -hmm. and he doesn't get, or maybe he doesn't, he just doesn't care that like five sixths of the audience is going to watch that and be like, what? That's weird. Why would a guy have a card like that? But here's the thing. If this was a decision made day of, this would have had to oh, be- Oh, it wasn't made day of. Right, was, because he has a, he's a prop. He has a prop. Mm -hmm. So that makes it seem like a writer's decision. You think Michael Bay went in and did a pass and was like, we need this bit. We need this bit added in to this. You're Michael saying Bay, well, Mike, Mike, Michael Bay is very involved in the development of these films. So he is reading the script with plenty of time to be like, add this. I don't know. I'm not saying he he, he added this. Well, no, I this think it's could have definitely just been a writer's invention. Having said that, there is a sense of humor that runs through the entire career of Michael Bay that is very consistent. And so I do feel like he's managing, even though he's not writing all of his movies, he is working his comic sensibility into all of his movies. Like yeah. nobody else would make a scene where a transformer urinates oil on John Turturro. No one else, no other working director would have come up with that. That is who directed Con Air? Simon West. Okay. But that's a that's Bruckheimer. That's that's pure, what I was saying. I was thinking Bruckheimer. That's, that's that pure Bruck, but Bruckheimer produces the Transformers. That's a, well, that's what I was gonna say. The only other person I could think of was Bruckheimer. But I mean Con Air is almost like that's a post Bay, like that's a reaction to the Michael Bay. And they style. work together, right? Like Bruckheimer. Well, yeah, Bay. all of those classic Bays are Bruckheimers. The bad boys movie. Ratner, maybe? Ratner might have done that. Uh, I mean, and that's not almost the, the, like Ratner almost like lacks the imagination. <laughs> like like Ratner would have a transformer standing around saying, "I'm gonna piss on you." I don't know. There'd be like that app pupil transformer <laughs> scene, like a locker room transformer. I, I there's nothing like I, it's hard to even latch onto a moment from a Brett Ratner movie. Like uh. what? Like I, like <laughs> like in the X Men when like, yeah, like nah. if Chris Tucker asked Jackie Chan, "Do you understand the words coming out of my mouth?" I guess like yeah. that's like uh, that's that's a funny. Oh wait, Chris Rock in the second one it doesn't chris rock date chris tucker no chris, chris, tucker's, chris tucker's in the rush hours sorry right, but chris, who's dating chris tucker doesn't chris tucker have a daughter in rush hour like two maybe it's been a long time since i've seen rush oh my hour. god i'm totally blanking on he might show. he might have a daughter and then it was like kevin hart maybe something or dating her like so it's no famous. the ages are wrong there so i thought it was, i thought it was like some famous guy like in, in rush hour two is dating chris but tucker. kevin hart and chris tucker aren't that they no. can't be that far apart i don't think so yeah i must be wrong I've never. Or that's the bit like, that a guy his age is dating is. So daughter. it's the same bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's, they, oh, they. I mean, they do like that. Bit. <laughs> they, Hollywood does like that bit. They do like that bit. Yeah. Oh, gross. Yeah. That's uh. That's it's, that's it's, the more you know. It's a very weird beat in Transformers that's become sort of infamous now. Like people will mention that, like the weird age. Which is weird because Bumblebee, which is the one I saw. Yeah. Um, well, that's not Michael Bay. That's not Michael Bay, and it's very much no. not trying to be Michael Bay to the point that like there is no love interest. And like it's weird because she, the car seems to want her to like get with this guy while she he's in, she's in the car. So it's almost like the car wants to be part of this yeah sexualized experience, but it never goes beyond like a friend zone thing in that yeah. movie. That one's uh, that's Travis Knight. Did I really like that movie? Yeah, I really liked it. The implications were again weird because it's my first Transformer movie, so I was like, can they just? Can they turn into any machine or they have to turn into one one machine? Like, are they just all cars or are they just specific car? Are they preference cars or could they be a toaster? Like, oh, they could be a toaster. They, I mean, I the, yeah, the, the idea, I believe, is that there's like Energon is like the, the power that can turn 
machines into Transformers. And so there's, a, there's a lot of Transformers stories where like a cloud or like a wave of Energon from planet Cybertron just like <laughs> hits Earth and oh. like all the machines in the area like become Transformers. So, so like, Maximum Overdrive is a Transformers. Like, yeah, well, thumb. sort of. It, it, I think it's the idea is like Energon is, is it's just like pure energy. So anything that you insert wait, wait, wait. it in. Black up. I need you to back up. I need you to go a little bit slower. Energon. Energon is, is the pure energy. Yes. <laughs> basically, the in, in the Transformers cosmology. I'm fucking with you. <laughs> in the Transformers cosmology, uh, Energon is like the source of life. Like, like it's it's the thing that gives machines life and sentience. Like God. It's it's it, sort of it's like the touch of God. It's, it's like, like the, the it's the God. animating thing that brings them to life. And and s almost all Transformers stories that I can think of, at least, are motivated by like we got to find more energon, we got to locate the energon, that we got to get to the energon before the Decepticons. Well, they need it to live, but if the Decepticons get their hands on it, they could do all kinds of terrible stuff. With like what? It. Like turn. Earth into the next Cybertron and What's kill wrong? all humanity. What's wrong with Cybertron? Cybertron, it's 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 just a ripoff of Superman. Cybertron has been destroyed. Because so, they were looking for all the Energon. Uh, I think it's usually like a war between, there was just a animated series on Netflix called War for Cybertron that I think tells this story. Okay. But like a war between the Autobots and the Decepticons destroyed planet Cybertron. And now they're all refugees around right, the right. universe. And that's Bumblebee. how they end up on Earth. Right, exactly. That's how they ended up fighting on Earth <laughs> in like this proxy battle because yeah. their own world has been destroyed. Exactly. It's the beginning of Bumblebee's so, the destruction so, of Cybertron. You're right. Sure, sure. So I guess my question, and this has always been my question, is we see Cybertron and Cybertron has buildings. Yeah, it was um, a planet. It was like their well, Krypton. But but buildings for what? Would they have elevators in those buildings? Oh, like, you're doing the cars thing. Like if they're if they're all cars, why did they have a planet for humanoid? I don't know. There's no. I don't know. But like no, I'm seeing more more hyper specific and annoying question than that which is who are the elevators? Like are the elevator? Do they get to turn into elevators when they are in the buildings? No. I, again, I think it, it really comes down to which machines have been activated by Energon, and so they're oh, they're, so they're like sentient cer certain versus ones are other to. machines are just machines, just like on Earth, like. Some cars will go, and now it's like, hey, I'm jazz. But, but we, some cars are just cars. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> no, Lon. Like, no, they're still like just, my Alexa is not like sentient. We don't need like an Energon thing. Like, no, she doesn't no. get a vote. But Transformers are sentient. Like, Transformers that's are what I'm conscious. Con that's what I'm saying. Like, so. They need to get to decide which machines are sentient and which ones don't get like right. the right like to exist. It's not all machines in the world of Transformers are Transformers. That'd be fucked up, though. That would be fucked up. Like, it would be like if like everything like looked humanoid, everything we used looked humanoid and we just had to like touch computers like as if they were like a human body well, it's 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 a little bit of the existential crisis that uh don't hug me i'm scared is is exploring yes. the idea that every if everything is alive yeah then like the world is unlivable because yeah. you can't use anything or touch anything everything's alive oh that kind of reminds me of something i read an article recently it was like the feel good article of this week because you know you look at the news on twitter and it's just like the world is absolutely ending in the next 18 years. It yeah. is just, just good luck even trying to pretend like it's not. And it's like, okay, well, you know, this seems a little evergreen, maybe wait a week. But then there was one article that just stood out and I was like, this is what we used to call like a, you know, like the feel good story, like the, the you know, yeah, yeah, human interest, uh, the human interest. This yeah. was the feel good. And it was reality might be a hallucination. Oh, I read this. Oh I read this exact article. Yeah. And it was like, I only got a little bit into it, but I didn't want to bring it up because it was like, I got as far as like the guy who said, Everything has some form of sentience. Cars, trees. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh -huh. I, I dug. I dug this. 
Uh, because it's the best news. That would well, be the, the best case scenario. I like. I always like articles where the first. It always makes me feel good when I read something, and the first paragraph or two is like, "This crazy fucking scientist has a theory that's gonna blow your goddamn mind." Yeah. Like, and then they love like the Atlantic loves to open that way, and like <laughs> Nature, awesome. where they're like, "He gave a TED talk that got seventy billion views, and no one who's watched it has been the same since." Yeah. And then you read the article, and you immediately grok what the guy is saying you're like oh that makes <laughs> sense by the way I guys like, I, I like the word grok i do like the word grok it makes you sound like you were from the 60s yeah baby i do want to say guys i do not have covid but i do have terrible allergies so if they hear a lot of <laughs> coughing on the camera like i do want to say that i keep taking this i've used all four of these at home covid tests <laughs> i'd love that they, this is how you told me we're sitting right across from one another and you have covid no my be- god yeah no, I know. I, I believe that you don't. I'm I not mean, saying this. I sort of believe I don't. Yeah. I just thought it'd be if we were sitting across from each other podcasting. It has been like 45 minutes. You're like, folks, listen. You may hear me calling this just because I have terrible COVID. Uh, you know, I was at a, a, a an event recently. I won't I won't say what event it was or where it was, or whatever. <laughs> but I will say that somebody was doing like fixing my my hair for something, and uh-huh. they were leaned in. We both had masks on, and they said, "By the way, I have COVID." And I just like, I just started up. I was like, oh, oh. oh ah. And like socially, I didn't know how to react to that statement. Like I was like, yeah, I, I was like, would I slap him or do I? Why are you here? And then it turned out he was like, I'm joking. And I was like, oh, because we don't know each other at all. This is the first time I've ever met this human being. And I was like, it's hilarious. What? I was just like. <laughs> Fucking funny bit. <laughs> you think it's funny? I was no, like. No, oh. it's a, a, a being incredibly sarcastic. I think it's monstrous. And like, but I think it's like a social goblin thing. Like, I think he overshot, like he was trying to be funny and he overshot or like overthought, you know, like we had been having some good like banter. Yeah. You know, just trying to be like, make I, a joke. I get, I get but it. Was just, it felt so flat and my face must look so. The temptation to go too far is always there. Yeah. But like, who knows yeah. what too far is. That's the thing. Like we're all becoming out of our little I, goblin holes. I'm telling you, just for the record, I have COVID is too far. Don't tell don't tell people in public strangers that you have COVID. That's not funny. Oh yeah, and my mask was off because it had to be a picture. That's of it. that's it's, not funny. It's that, not that, funny. That, that's like telling like I'm gonna kill you. Ah, no, I'm not gonna kill you. But maybe. But no, I'm not. But but I but I might. That would be a funnier joke. Like the scream, like the scream five. Like no, I'm not the killer. But maybe I am. But no, I'm not. But like but, yeah. But maybe. Can I tell you something? I, Jack Quaid might actually be a delight. I might actually be delighted. Do by you not watch the boys? He's great. On I, the boys. He's the great boys, but he's, I felt like he was kind of like, oh, the boys is just this one role he's done. So I don't know how actually good he is in anything. I thought he was pretty good in. in I mean, if he's Meg Ryan's son, you're yeah, but you're going to have the charm. But the dad, Dennis is, Quaid, was very charming in his day. Also crazy though. He's, he's, if you're Randy Quaid's nephew, <laughs> he's got you know that Dennis Quaid has some 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 ideas I disagree with. And Randy uh, Quaid is his... Randy Quaid's a little loopy, but but listen, Meg Ryan is going to count for a lot. I think That's yeah, a lot, I mean, a lot of charm is going to come through that side of the family. Right, and I think there's there's something they played on where it's like I don't know if he's like a nice guy or a weird like you know like he can play. Either way, I think, which is which is like yeah. you don't get to see in the boys as much. Right. Yes. He's he's like mostly good in the boys. So. Yeah. And he's like the nerdy relationship. He's like the more yeah, he's the moral compass of the show. Right. He doesn't get to be weird and complicated like some of the other boys. He, here's my question. Where could the boys possibly go this season? Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about that too. Like, like I the really world's gotten so fucked up. The world's so fucked yeah. up, man. And I really liked last season where it was like a pretty direct, like, let's let's make some of this a analogy for like 
right wing trolling analogy. Like the like chick was a Nazi. Bashes of it. Yeah. Like, and well, it is still a, it's still is somewhat it some, of an analogy. Is it? Because she was an actual Nazi. For like the spread of like white nationalism in the US politically. But I she think. was using memes. So that's just like, a, that's right. like literally did it. Yes. Uh, and I, I like that stuff, but it does, it does make me well, like, I, I, they need another like, bullseye hit idea this season I got that's one. as good as that and i don't you know we'll, we'll see i got it I, I got one this is all leading into the fact let's, that i got let's one. do it yeah well they, uh, there's also the animated spinoff that's next week oh my god is that the one about the school the no school? that they're they're How working many on shows are they doing oh, they amazon oh, if they if they know you like something they're gonna just blow it the fuck up really so, Has, what's oh, yeah. another this, example of that from prime well yeah that's this, this the, the reason this is happening is because it's not happening with most of their shows so like yeah. invincible they ordered like two more seasons right away even though it's super expensive because people liked it uh-huh. uh so but like this is like a two spin-offs which is like a yeah. separate thing they're they're blowing up so there's there's the there's the academy one i don't remember what it's called there's like the one that's at the college for superheroes that's live action. They're they're in production on that one now. This is an animated <laughs> anthology. It's like eight different stories. I like that. Set in the boys' verse, but each of them is from a different like creative team. So like Aquafina oh. wrote one and is starring in it. Seth I Rogen, love this. I Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg wrote one and I are going to do this. voices. Uh, but the oh, most, it's animated. It's animated. It's at all animated. Oh, it's like the Star Wars thing. And like different stuff. Right, exactly. So like every episode is going to have like a different animation style and a different writing team and different voice actors and. Uh, they are doing, they're doing one episode with uh, Simon Pegg is going to voice Huey and it's written by Garth Ennis who wrote the boys comics. So it's like in the world, of the original <laughs> comics instead of the he, show. Huey's the main character, right? Huey's the main character. Oh, but he's the, the dad. Is, he's the dad. But the bit is the, he was designed to look like Simon Pegg in the original boys comic because it came out right after Shaun of the Dead. So like the artist actually based Huey's look on Simon Pegg and Shaun of the Dead. So that's why they got Simon Pegg to play the dad is like a little wink to it. Oh, it seemed weird because like Simon Pegg does not have that much to do in that. Right. Know. But now Simon Pegg is actually going to voice the character that was made to look like him in this animated. I episode. like that. Uh, a bold thought. Do that for everything that's good. Let's do that for Yellow Jackets. Let's do that for like Morehead and Benson. Although now they're having, they just get to do this for everything, I yeah. guess. But like, let them do that for like the endless slash resolution. Like just let everything that is its own world like any IP that breaks out, let it have a million spinoffs and go off in a million directions because better than that than we keep rehashing the same five things that Disney owns. Yeah, I, I mean, as these streamers get more and more desperate to like differentiate themselves, like that's what we're, that's, that's one of the big things that's happening. Like Netflix Handler, is doing- Handler Swindler should have its own like Well, spin-off. Netflix is doing that because like Witcher had that animated prequel movie and now they're doing Blood Origin, the other Witcher series. Yeah. It's going to be about like the origin of the Witchers. So, yeah, we're, we're, you're going to see more of this. And, and, you know, like franchise everything is Amazon would have done this, too, with uh, Wheel of Time. If more people watched it, I'm sure, you know, like. Yeah. What is the big prime hit that's ever happened? Uh, What's the biggest one we've had so far? Oh, I mean, there have been a there have been a few. I'm trying to think of like what are the biggest. Ones. Yeah, right. I remember the, the, our internet is out, so this will be an actual like. Can we figure it out? Um, hmm. What are the biggest Amazon Prime? I mean, you what know, like they've had, the well, they've had a lot of they've had a lot of stuff that's like mm. you know, like has done well enough to like where we know about it and have heard about it. But now me and Juan are blanking like, on any Amazon Prime show that's ever existed. Well, no, like I was gonna say, like Reacher, I just watched and like was popular enough for them to get like more seasons and like Fleabag, obviously. Fleabag, but Marvelous was, Mrs. But, Maisel. But they didn't. Oh, you're right, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. But Fleabag was created for like another channel, right? 
Like, and then it. It was a co-production. I believe it's BBC and Amazon together <laughs> did Fleabag. Really? Or at least season two. Season two, correct. Um, I mean, they did that Underground Railroad, Barry Jenkins one that was amazing, but nobody watched it. Franchise Barry Jenkins movies. No, it was a miniseries. It was incredible. That was so good. Yeah, that that unfortunately felt to me like I felt like uh, I I'm just saying I'm, I unfortunately didn't watch it. I should have, but I people felt, I think I think they I think they us or them or whatever they advertised it weird mm-hmm. uh, because they made it look like it was just like it's about the Underground Railroad, like but it's the, like a, a real it's, historical it's Whitehead, right? Though, so but it's it, like yeah, a, it's based on the Colson Whitehead book. It's fantasy. It's about like it's a real. It's like the Underground Railroad is a functioning railroad underground like yeah. it's an actual train i think it just came out unfortunately time to so the lena waith uh, produced show that was like that like them yeah it's so it became like and i feel like love uh, country had just come out i also feel i mean there's there's not like there's not enough room but like people were saying there were a lot of trend stories being like I think these things are torture porny well there's there's uh there's i i agree with everything you're saying that there is that you know, there's like a pushback against like, I don't want to watch more stuff about, you know, slavery and slaves. Or that just feels like, exp- or like a gratuitous, and I'm not right. saying this is, well, but I'm that, saying that this got like And for in. so long, I think those were the only kinds of stories about black history that were getting made that now it feels like, okay, well, we've got this moment where you can tell other kinds of stories about black history. We don't have to just keep going right. back to slaves. But like, it was having like, said all that, yeah. the Barry Jenkins show was incredible and people should watch it. But I also feel like there is a, there is a certain kind of content that, we just, I don't know. It's just really hard to get the word out about and get people to like give it a try. Because small acts, Amazon struggled with small acts as well around the same amount of time. Bosh. Incredible. People really struggle to find Bosch. <laughs> those Steve McQueen movies, those five movie small acts. Uh, were, no, you didn't hear about this? Is Primal is, one of theirs too? Primal is Adult Swim. So I think that streams okay. on HBO Max now. Okay, okay, wait, wait. But what about that other cannibal girl show or like Girls in the Wilderness show? Wild? Is it called Wilderness or Wild that like Amazon picked The Wilds. Up? That's Amazon Prime. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's coming back for a second season soon. I mean, I didn't watch that show. Did anyone when Yellow Jackets was on? Did you see it? I have not seen The Wilds. No, I mean, teen teens. Like, I feel like it must have done well enough. But they brought it back for another season. So it must have done reasonably well. Mm. But I think like, that's kind of the point I'm making is like, it's so hard. Even when Amazon has something like Small Axe, which was amazing. I've never even claimed, heard of it. It's an anthology <laughs> of five films. And they're all about the history of the West, of the uh, West Indian or the Caribbean population of London. Like I can real, see why that's as hard to sell. Right. But they were like they had looked like Letitia Wright was in one and John Boyega was in one. And like they were they're real movies and they're fantastic. Uh but it was just like it's so hard without Disney an, or like word of mouth that's like a hook. Or like award season. Like we've seen the magic of award season for stuff like Drive My Car, like a movie that's a very hard sell. Still that, it still feels like outside of critics, it feels like right. not that many people it's are, fair, but it but like so many more people have at least heard about it. It's yeah. at least the word is out. It's on HBO Max today as we record this, by the way. So I'm okay. going to finally get to watch it. Drive uh, my car. Drive my car. The, the Japanese film is nominated for Best Picture. But like without that, I'm saying if you – so even with that, Drive My Car is like still kind of a niche property. Imagine without that, it's so hard to They get, don't have their squid game. They don't – right. They don't they – don't, well, I mean, I think like Mrs. Maisel had like a huge first Mrs. Maisel, season. yeah. And it's not like people like don't. <laughs> I feel like everyone I know is subscribed to Prime. And like we talked about well, the last time is like yeah. also because you can get those other services through there, like the yes. Shutter, the. Right. There's there's the channels platform. But there's also, I mean, Apple and Amazon are very, you kind of have to put an asterisk next to them mm-hmm. anytime you're talking about streaming because they're not really in it for the subscription dollars. Like the the idea is to get you 
signed up for as many of their services as you can. So you come back and like Amazon really wants you to be part of Prime, not because they they're desperate to show you Lord of the Rings, mm -hmm. but because they have math um, that says you order more stuff if you get free shipping. Weird example though, because Bezos is very desperate for you to be into a Lord of the Rings because that's like his pet thing, right? Is like well, sure, he, the Expanse, <laughs> like that, especially was just like he liked the Expanse and mm -hmm. those books and was just like, make me a show, you know? Like he's just like, I'm gonna th I'm gonna throw a couple of words out at you and we'll see how they hand uh, how they land. Uh, Alpha House, Alpha House, right? That early, these are the early ones. Beta, yeah, I remember. You think that they were just like A-B testing <laughs> with those early shows? They're literally like Alpha House, Beta. That one's our Silicon Valley. I mean, I think like a lot of the a lot of tech guys um, get lucky, <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, unlike in other industries where people get lucky and come up with an idea and it it hits and they just like are like, oh, I was lucky. Tech guys always assume, oh, I'm a genius. No one else understands how to do this. I didn't get lucky. I figured it all out. Yeah. I know business better than anyone in the history of business. Good at business. Good at business. And so they assume like, well, I know better than everyone in every other kind of industry too. And I really do believe that that he thought this is a better way to do TV He thought he had like TV, yeah, TV strategy. He thought he was going to fix TV. Like these morons at their executive offices, they think they're going to pick the shows. You just let the people who are going to watch the shows pick the shows. Come on, mm -hmm. buddy. You think of that dummy. And like it didn't work at all, and the shows are fucking miserable. Mm -hmm. and, right, and they didn't like course correct the way Netflix did. We're like Netflix might have started with Hemlock Grove, but they got better. You know, they they might have had like right, you know. yeah, yeah. I think it was like Lillehammer was the first out of the gate, and nobody talks about Lillehammer anymore. But like, it didn't take them that long to get to House of Cards and then Stranger Things. No, like I then, think House of Cards was two, so I think they got they got House yeah. of Cards pretty quickly. I mean, and and that was mostly. It was throwing money at it. It was like just Marco hired, Polo, yeah, remember that one? David Fincher and like, you know, just bring huge people. At the time, Kevin Spacey was not a toxic commodity. It was like that was a big deal because it was a movie star coming and doing and a TV. movie director. And now, right. And now now movie stars and directors coming to TV is so <laughs> common. Right. Like I couldn't even get anybody to watch that Apple Lisi story show I was into. And it starred Julianne Moore. It was directed by Pablo Lorraine. The guy just did Spencer. Like yeah. that would have been a huge <laughs> deal 10 years ago. Like like a world-class director and a huge movie star doing some TV show yeah, for Apple. You know, it's always going to be hard to sell people on uh, TV-wise is like dramas that are not Shonda dramas. So it's always yeah. going to be hard. Like, well, Lisi's like story was Fucking so I almost like feel like pressing things is gonna be hard to sell people on as a weekly episode. I feel like you might like it, but it was so but weird. Like, I would not recommend it to most people. Why? What's it about? It's based on a Stephen Stephen King wrote <laughs> the scripts himself. Oh, it's wait, based now on I a like Stephen it. King store book. Uh and so uh Julian Moore is a very recent widow. She was married to a brilliant world-class novelist who's played in flashback by Clive Owen. And he wrote He's obviously like a, a sort of a stand in for a Stephen King. Like he wrote Dark Tower-esque books, like fantasy adventures that happen in like wildly imaginative alternate this is a Stephen King story. reality world. So he's like a Stephen King stand in. Can, can I guess where this is going? Already? Yeah. Oh my God. It gets so weird. Okay, Please she, try. He dies. She finds out that his world is alive, like that the characters he created is are somewhat mm. real. Uh, and they come to her and then she has to engage with the only, forces. Only sort of. Uh, so after after he dies, she finds out that she's so she's got two sisters who are played by uh, Joan Allen and Jennifer Jason Lee in the show. OK. And one girls. of them, Joan Allen, has like mental illness problems. She enters these like catatonic states where she can't be reached. And she's like caveated. 
off. So she's yeah, yeah. It's very much like caveat where she's but like for like weeks at a time she'll just be in like you can't catatonic, like you can't reach her, she won't talk or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Julie Moore finds out that somehow her her husband, her dead husband, Clive Owen, was like able to go somewhere and find this this elixir, this liquid or this life-saving medicine that would save Joan Allen. Like when she gets like this, the only thing that could save her is this weird thing that Clive Owen knew how to find that she doesn't know how to find. While that's going on, uh, why, she's Why also, would he be so invested in his sister-in-law? That's what, it's part of the mystery. Okay. Like we don't, don't she, like Julia Moore like really didn't understand they had this close bond and weird relationship that she didn't understand. So part of it is like unpacking that in the aftermath of his death. L-I-S-E-Y, Lisey's story. I'm so fascinated. And then, the, but there's a whole other plot. Michael Pitt is like Michael Pitt. Yeah, he's, he's back. like an obsessed fan of the guy's novels. Like the guy's novels are so weird and so intricate and so beloved that he's got a lot of like crazy psychotic fans who are just obsessed with him. And so Michael Pitt is one of them, and he's decided that he's positive that there's all these like unpublished writings of this great novelist that Julianne Moore is like keeping all for herself. Mm -hmm. And so he's gonna like go murder her and like steal all the books and like release them. To public and he's, he's crazy right and so at what point do we realize the world is real so she's it, it's 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 <laughs> it's not but it is it's like there it's not the stories that he's writing that world is not real but there is a alternate reality uh -huh. that he can tap into an access Absolutely. that he found when he was a child and he's left her all of these clues that are like and the sister's there that's where the sister goes that's that's where part of the, it's like a dream state where when you're there, you're tr you, you can get trapped there if you can't find your way back. And Clive Owen's thing was he knew the way back. Can I ask you something? Yes. Is there a job where I could just guess the plot? You did thing? pretty good. It, it, it is more just complicated. Hearing, just hearing a sentence of pitch. <laughs> well, because it's not that like the dark half is the one where it's like the. You know, like it's real, or like the his his alter ego is like actually real. And oh like, yeah, it's secret windows like that too. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, but it's right. Like a, but this, this isn't. It's it's like nothing that he's writing about is real. It's just he's tapping into this like magical. Sub, sub, it's a collective subconsciousness. Yeah, like, yeah, alternate reality that that has power that you can like use in the reality. The other it's thing about energesium or whatever the, the energon. <laughs> the other thing about the show is it's Thank extremely you. violent and disturbing. Like, oh no! Like there's a lot of really awful stuff that happens. Like, I realize that about, I'm not into that anymore. It's about trauma and Clive Owen's background. Like he found this place as a child because he was subjected to trauma. And then Julianne Moore can only get there after she's been trauma. Like it's obviously <clears throat> a metaphor in some way for the power that survivors have, you know, like if you've survived a horrible traumatic ordeal, you have this reservoir of strength that other people can't tap in. I'll be honest, this, this is kind of like, it sounds great. Kind of sounds like why I can't really watch an underground show, though. It's like I can't right now. Under, underground Railroad, I have to say, it is right now. I obviously, can't. it is about slavery, and there are scenes depicting the horrors of slavery. It doesn't. It doesn't look away, but it is not. It's not Twelve Years a Slave. It's not. It's not about the. It's about the escape. It's not about the soul sucking reality of being a slave. It's about the the adventure and the quest for freedom. So it is not. It's not like as brutal an experience as watching like Roots, where well, it's like really depicting the hearts. It's like she she's no longer a slave after the first episode because she's okay. on the Underground Railroad. I will say uh, I just finished Battlestar. 
Yes. There were parts of Battlestar that I like could not. I was like, this is too much. Like, I can't. I Peeling can't. You battle? I don't remember Battlestar being that I, there's, troubling. There was like to the, 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 the rape and torture of one of the Cylons. I like, was like, oh, what? I was yeah, like, this is fucking unnecessary. Right. Like, this is like, I think it was like, you know, during right after like the 9 11 Gitmo stuff. And there was like, the yes, topic of, yes, it also, was. just like it the was. tone of it. Like, there was just parts of it where I was like, yeah, why are they all not just shooting themselves in the head? The question I have about like The Walking Dead and a lot of shows that feel like very much now ish, where I'm just like, things are so bad. Why are you just not taking like the easiest way? Like, you, yeah, a character like goes shoots themselves in the head. I'm like, that seems like great. That seems, yeah, I'm gonna uh, Dean Stockholm. I think it did I'm happen in er, like early seasons of Walking Dead. I feel like there were a few times where that happened, but you can't just keep doing no, like do nine that. seasons. People are like, well, that's right. exactly it. Like, it doesn't make for good programming, but I find it really hard and laborious and painful to watch shows about people who are just trudging on with existence because of like the human desire to survive yeah. like well, i'm I mean, like ugh, ugh. i do f i agree with you in that i feel like we've had a lot of of shows and films that live in that the immediate post survival or, or post disaster yeah. survival world Sur where it's just constantly like all the action is like oh okay what are, oh what are we gonna do like and i feel they like they have to set in with the depression of it yeah like i feel like uh why the last man like when i was reading it as a graphic novel that, yeah. it was more like there's a there's a whimsy to it and there's a like children of men which is like it's like the, the gradual like you're at you're starting at a place where like they've come to terms right well children of men right it's already like this has been their reality and like i don't know there's a remove in the in the books why the last man but then when it was a show to make it realistic <laughs> they all had to kind of be in that mode where it's like the world crumbled a few weeks ago like you'd be in this very heightened state of panic and it yeah because it's all ladies now and it just wears <laughs> off well no it's just like they all get their periods at the same time they're, they're like because well, it's chaos 50 percent of the population died yeah so, so it's all like the ones we have society is shutting down and who's gonna like run the country and, and like, like do the right, math who's gonna make the other people a sandwich how do you figure out who has <laughs> yeah. to go to the kitchen yeah and who make has the to sandwiches? who has to do that also i feel like i again it shows that i have not been watching uh well that I, one's oh yeah no 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 i mean uh station 11 Oh, that one was great. But that one fixed the problem by only one you're you're following all different times including right. right. You're you're following before the apocalypse happened and then like 20 years after the apocalypse is when most of the action is happening. So No, it, I, yeah, I remember the book. The graphic right. novel. I mean so the So you book get out great. of it by not being entirely in that oh, 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 what are we going to do? Uh you know like which it just it just gets it just gets all it's like one note cuz that's that's when you're in that scenario that's all that you that we, I think we were talking about this with yellow jackets because I thought oh, they yeah. very admirably somehow were able to write their way out of that like all of the wilderness scenes don't feel like mm -hmm. we got to what are we going we're going to run out of food like they just No they just exist in a world where it's like yeah shit sucks but like they are like not just surviving but they're surviving in like Doing their high school girl microcosm. They're very, they're a very they resourceful. Like they're a very resourceful well, group. They of found high that cabin, students. and yeah. like that, that meant that did a lot. I, I feel like if it was like my high school like speech and debate team, we would have been, all been dead in seventy two. Well, I think that's the thing too, but that's why it's so smart that it's like a high school soccer team. Like those girls are hardcore. No, they they're were. yes, they're, they did a very good job of setting them up to the point that when they get into the wilderness, you're not shocked by how resourceful. Oh no, no, no! The very this is not a spoiler because it's in the very first part of the very first episode. Yeah. A girl just. Straight up, <laughs> does what has now become a trope in television, I think, to show us that TV is more hardcore than movies, just straight up breaks a bone out of somebody's body. Yeah. Like this happens on every did single you, show. Well, did you see, like, Reacher? Peace, Peacemaker, I, I feel like, does that. There was one. a... Yeah, Peacemaker did that finale. They did. There is a moment in Reacher I've that is... I've not seen Reacher, Oh, Juan. my God, Reacher. Stop is, with the Reacher. I'm, I'm, I love Reacher. Is it Jack uh, Reacher? Yeah, it's Jack. It's the same books as Jack Reacher. It's just okay. they can't... Uh, 
Here's what I didn't realize. Like when the movie, when the Tom Cruise movie came out, the people who read the books were so upset. They were like, Reacher has to be a huge guy and Tom Cruise isn't a huge guy. And I remember at the time being like, who fucking cares if he's a huge guy? Oh, but guy? like it's a part of the show. I've seen that commercial no. where they're like, they're, it, he's like, why are you so tall? It is not a part of, it is the... I don't think a scene <laughs> goes by without there being a reference to how big he is or somebody commenting on how big he is. Why is this like, like a thing? His, the fact that he's this huge dude is the plot of the show. Like the, I'll be like be making Bane like a the, small yes, man. The pitch of the show is like huge, scary, big man also solve crime. Like that's, that's the set. Like what if Sherlock Holmes was just also the fucking yoked. hugest yoke dude you'd ever fucking met. And they cannot resist. There's no scenario they will put him in yeah. where they are not going to use the fact that he is this huge fucking hulking guy. But like, does that make him, so he's smart and big? He's smart and big. And the, the whole bit, <clears throat> it is, it is a pure, it is 100% just male power fantasy and the male power fantasy is what if you weren't afraid of anyone you could do anything no one had any power over you oh, but so super awesome. but you used your powers for good like that's, that's still so super like like reacher yeah oh reacher does he work for the cia his actions are ethically indefensible he is a vigilante wait he i thought a, he worked for the cia no 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 he was a former he was a he was a he was a he was, a, he was in the army he was military police for years also like hugely highly decorated military police two of the things hero. two of the things you want to hear together yeah. military oh, police he's like the he's like a, a war cop oh so it's no wonder he's like untouchable but, but, he then, he, but then he retired and now he wanders he's a drift he's a pure drifter he does he's not have a home in. He's he gone, wanders yeah. the country gets into scrapes solves mysteries helps he people in it. need and then he moves on to the next town but anyway there's there's one scene wait where, wait wait, that, wait that's what he it's kung fu it's Kung Fu. And, and so every season, every book, and now every season of the show will be Reacher arrives. And it's always like he's wandering around. Like he's not going places with any motive. Like the whole show Reacher season one is he goes to this town Margrave because he got into this blues musician who died there. And he was like, I'm going to go check out that town where that guy died. And then he just gets involved in a mystery <laughs> that's going on in the town. That's the, that's literally the setup. Okay. It's the same thing as like Poirot. You know, those like yeah. Agatha Christie where it's like Poirot went on a holiday in the south of France and uh, murder happened. It's the same. It's like, well, Reacher just took the bus into the Margaret, the town of Margaret of Georgia and then blah, gets arrested for murder. You know? Like, oh my God. But can any, let me guess, does he get into scrapes with local law enforcement? Uh, always brushes with local law enforcement. Oh, yeah, it's they... the most obvious stuff in the world. <laughs> it's literally like the rich guy who owns the town is like, hey, Reacher, we don't like your kind around here. Get out of my town and in the like, first episode. Yeah, and there's like a, there's a woman who's like, I need help. So yeah, there's always like a, like a Gene Hackman, like, oh, the richest man in town and everybody loves him. But I don't know if he's entirely on the up and up. It's I wonder like what house- this guy's into something. Roadhousing it. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so it's a vintage. But here, but I love that it's not trying to like not be that like it's not trying to outsmart you. It is. Here's an 80s action mystery show that is just like presenting itself for what it is but the one scene i wanted to talk about so there's a scene where reacher he's got to kill like three dudes who are trying to kill him mm-hmm. and then he's got to hide them in the car because he's got to go somewhere else and like beat up somebody else who knows reacher plays by his own rules mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so he's got to get these three guys <laughs> into the car hidden their dead bodies and one of them doesn't fit mm-hmm. and he's like pushing and trying to like tetris like figure it out and then he comes up with an idea this is just a scene in the show played very casually and he takes one of the guy's legs and he just bends it back. Like, I don't like this. Breaks it. No. It's like, and they play the gruesome, like, bone no, crunch sound thank effects. You. No, thank you. 
And no, thank it, you. It is played yes. as funny. Like it is purely a joke beat. Like he's so he's so strong. It's like it's again. It's that it's, it's that, like it's a, it's a power fantasy. It's like he could it's just a peacemaker. It, it, it's. The fact that Reacher and Peacemaker and MacGruber were all on TV within like weeks of each other is like deeply significant. Like there's something going on. Well, I, I think it's about this like, is, yeah, American this. men feel so powerless that it's like we're looking that we're looking to like these larger than life, like almost comical power scenarios. Well, yeah. Well, it's almost like we want to just have uh, what's his name? Homelander just be the good guy. Kind of. Well, but. Peacemaker is still like interrogating it. Like Peacemaker <laughs> is a, a, a parody of that kind of. Well, right, and, and, and he's exploring the fact that he is not right, that. and like he's coming to terms with the fact that like he's not the hero he thought of himself. Yeah, that's White Power Bill. Yeah, Reacher, literally zero of that level of introspection. It's just like no, no. It would be great if there was just like a fucking five hundred pound guy with hands the size of like a baby mm-hmm. who was just on your side and like defending good. So it's just a superhero fantasy. It's like why it's, we created Superman back in the day. It's like scene, to respond to the Holocaust. Yeah, there's a scene where uh, there's a runner that goes through a bunch of episodes where there's just like a guy who uh, has a dog in his yard that he doesn't take good care of. And the dog's always outside or like abused. Like, oh, like caveat. Mistreated. Again, a caveat. Yeah. And uh, Man, Reacher, Reacher, Reacher walks by a few times and is just like, take care. Take better care of your dog. Take better care of your dog or I, or I will. And then one part, he just pulls up. Pulls the car over, sees the dog in the yard, pulls the car over, jumps the fence, gets the dog, pets him, sees he's not being taken care of. The guy runs out of the house and Reacher just fucking slams him. Just With the dog? No, like punches him, but hits him so hard it looks like he murders him. And then just takes the dog, puts him in his car, and like drives away. And it's like that... It never comes up again. It's does just he, like, does he have a dog now? No, he adopts the. He, he, I think he finds a foster home for the dog. Like he doesn't end up with the dog at the end because he's a drifter. But, uh, but, it, the, <coughs> but that that's the show in a nutshell. It's just like, wouldn't it be great if you were so powerful that no one could, no one, everyone had to bend to your will? But you're you're a good guy, so you're only going to use your powers for good. Um. I'm realizing that this audio is going to be so good because it's going to be me. Like people are just going to get panic attacks because it's just me coughing into a microphone and <laughs> right next to me. Right next to me. And they know that I'm right here. Oh my god, I feel <laughs> so bad about this. Uh, no, it's folks. It's fine. Drew, it's fine. But like Drew maybe does not have COVID. She took many of those nose tests. And I'm going to a doctor's in like 40 minutes. Oh I'm wow, like, look yeah. at that. Well, that won't help me. If you had COVID now and you go to the doctor in 40 minutes, that's not going to retroact. Can be honest on decovidize me. Nothing's going to help. At this point, no, no one, I know. gonna help anyone. We, we're we're doomed. But I, you know what? I think I didn't get COVID because I really, I like, I accepted so early that I was gonna get it that I think like it somehow I fooled COVID. I but it was like this guy's already had me. Uh, yeah, I think I might have gotten it very very early on because like I got very very sick after seeing Birds of Prey with somebody. Uh, who I think had it, and then also yeah, yeah, you know. So I, I did. Have- I know. I did also think like uh, the the second week of March 2020 is when uh, Screen Junkies mm-hmm. called me and they were like, "Don't come in. We're 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 gonna pause people coming in until we figure out what's going on." And the week before that, I had actually felt like I had like a weird little cold, and I think I might have just had it. Yeah, no, we'll find out. We'll find out if I had it. And but they're so- also saying that if you smoke weed a bunch, then that that may be fixing it. Or you just don't get it because your lungs are already like your lung functions already impaired. No, I don't think that's it. No, it's the CBD like it, like the oh, peptides really? in the CBD like is is like repelling it. Oh well, anyway, uh, maybe that's it. I don't know. Um, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. We'll make tonight's uh, today's episode a little bit brief and just yeah. in case you know 
that helps anything. <laughs> uh, we'll one right. time, we'll be right back, folks. Reacher. And we're back. Hey, hey, guys! We're, I just saw something while I was taking a pee. Where Kanye West has uh, released a new music video where he buries a claymation Pete Davidson. Haven't seen the video yet. If there's, if it's any consolation, uh, nobody's really talking about this new Kanye album because it's the one you have to b- pay like two hundred dollars to listen to on his like STEM labs. Yeah, thing. yeah. I mean, God, yeah. You have to buy this thing, and like, it's just like that's ins- that. Wow, wow, like, yeah. Whoa, we were already like at a point with Kanye where it's like. Okay, you do you, and like people will buy. This is the thing about cancellation yeah, too. Do. It's like if people are willing to purchase your product, then you are uncancelable because people are willing to buy you. You know, people are or people are like, yeah, yeah. You. People are willing to pay for your services, right? So like, but it, when you make your services so impossible for the average person to pay for, like you are literally, it's like a form of canceling yourself, even if you weren't problematic. Like you were just making it so like <laughs> yeah. no one can access your material, and like you get you gain a lot of bad will that way. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's with it. This stuff is so it's like a prisoner's dilemma in a weird way with these streaming services. Like I get like Jay Z kind of tried to do the same thing Idol. with title and like uh Neil Young has his own service and it's like, but you need it it Spotify only became Spotify because of the amount of stuff. Like I remember when Spotify was brand new, there were other services that were like it. Like Rhapsody was one where you could pay like a monthly fee and it was just you can listen to as what much as you Pandora? want of any right. Pandora was like the other variation on it. There were a lot of those. Uh, but Spotify had more <laughs> stuff. It was like, and you can listen to it immediately. You can play well, like lists. But Rhapsody was like that. Like Rhapsody was like five bucks a month, and you could listen to anything in the Rhapsody catalog whenever you want. It just wasn't nearly as much stuff. Like a lot of the time, you'd look something up on Rhapsody, and they wouldn't have it. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a weird thing that like we're treating we treat the internet like you know like legally and historically and morally like these platforms until very recently that these platforms. These web hosting services should not be responsible. For, they're not responsible for the content. Like, yeah, it, yeah. It's it's a weird thing. Like the web started out with this very. It was like a. It was the frontier, you know. And the like Wild West is the analogy I was going to make. Yeah. I've listened to a lot of podcasts that say that. Yeah, and it was and it was like uh, you know this this the ethos of it was like everything here should be free. We're paying to access it. Like I'm paying an <laughs> ISP. I'm paying Earthlink. $15 a month to call up the internet on my computer. So now that I've done AOL, that, yeah. all the information that's there should just be mine. We're, we're not going to like put, and we got people really used to that. And even like <clears throat> tech companies and apps really like fed into that. The idea that like, we're going to give you the service for free and then we'll figure out down the road, we'll figure out a way to like make some money. But like this, you know, like, like what Twitter's trying to figure out or what YouTube did, where it's just like, Anybody can use it. Anybody can start. Do you know? And then we'll we'll figure out revenue down the road. Or like but, or like Reddit or like something that's not or 4chan yeah. that's not even trying to make money, but their thing is like just 
you can say it's free speech. It's the free speech place. And now it's like, well, there's accountability. You're still like, you're still right. company. And like, you are not uh, but, the Second Amendment. Yeah, but like, that, not Second, whatever Amendment, First Amendment. First Amendment. Yeah. Well, like we created this, this expectation mm-hmm. from consumers that the internet is free. Everything is, every app is free. Every game is free. Everything you'd want to do is free. And like, well, that now that we sold people on it, it's very hard to like reestablish. Like, well, actually... It would be great if you could give us five dollars. That, that, that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like the like I guess I get I kind of jumped in my head. I was thinking about like the Joe Rogan like you know idea of like you know this Spotify should be responsible for like taking Joe Rogan off the air. Or, right. Like, well, yeah, that's the that's the thing I was talking the, about. There's also the the, the the sort of the this was a big <laughs> thing in Web 2.0. Like when I first started working on the internet, like 2006, 2007, 2008, and it was like the dawn of the social media age. Uh, and there was this huge thing behind, uh, they called it user-generated content, uh, UGC. No, I don't know. I know what you, you of know. course, know. I'm, I'm for the, not for you, for the listeners out there. I figured I'd unpack it a little. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know, I know you're familiar with UGC. You know that I know what UVC U- is. UGC. <laughs> UG- user-generated content. This is, uh, right before we get into the story, though, this is just reminding me of the time where I just supposed to talk about computer to computer network sharing um, during an interview. And I mentioned the FTL. I was like, I'm really comfortable with FTL. Only then realizing that's the thing from Battlestar. They used the hyperspace <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's jump. Their hyperspace Yikes. Jump. So like, I was like, no, wait, FTP. Like, that's FTP. what I meant. But I'm very bad at acronyms. File transfer protocol. But I was like, well, jokes on them if they don't hire me. And then the Cylons attack. They'll have yeah. no way to get out of there. <laughs> like, then what are they going to do? You're screwed now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Keep kind of going. Guys, Baltar. Uh, I love him. I know. I love Guy. He's the best character on. He's this the show. only. He's, he's the got, only. He's the only one that's like real, like a real person. Yeah. The rest of them are like noble cutouts. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, uh, like, like, so in that era, that was the that was the get out of jail free card. It was like you know, like Reddit. Like, listen, we're not creating the content; we're just hosting it. Yeah. These I, people come on here and they write whatever they want, and like, we're not responsible. We're getting out of jail free by uh, stealing content and right. monetizing. It. And it and it and it made some sense in that era where it was just like, look, if we're gonna have these places where the public can come and express themselves and interact, you can't make a company liable for what gets said on their platform. They're not supposed, that's not their responsibility to police everything that gets said. It's sort of the same argument that we have about like products that people misuse to hurt themselves or others. Like, can you go sue the company even though they were misusing that wasn't the way they were supposed to use your product? Are you still liable? And that always becomes, you know, like we're having that. Well, here's the thing. You were basically, go ahead. I was just saying, like, we're having that debate right now about, you know, like, like OxyContin, that was the debate, or like guns, you know? like Well, except OxyContin was different because they marketed it, like, false. Right, but the original, like, yes. Now, now we know that they, like, lied and it was very duplicitous. But, I mean, like, ori- like the original case, if you go back and watch Dope Sick, it was like, well, look, it, you know, the, their original argument, the Sacklers was, well, but if you take it as prescribed, it's fine. It's just these people are addicts. They're abusing it. We can't be held responsible. But for they it. said it was not. A, they said it was not. I'm not a, defending the Sacklers. They're yeah, pieces yeah. of shit and they were breaking law. I'm just saying that their the, hair was slicked back. Their hair was slicked back. Yeah. Two, two tight jeans, uh, chicken spaghetti at Ciccolini's, yeah. you know, real pieces of shit. I'm just saying, like, in principle, the idea was, well, you can't necessarily hold all of these platforms responsible for or like tweets, you know, like. Like you could, you can't necessarily sue Twitter for something a person tweets at you. Yes. Uh, the problem is with Spotify, and, and they're trying to still use that, 
But they're giving Joe Rogan $100 million well, to make thing. his show. That's the thing. Well, and it's almost like weirder. It's a weird double sword, right? Because you're saying, oh, as long as they don't pay people for the content that they're using to like make money themselves, right? Like, as long as they don't pay, then it's fine. Like, then it's... Well, then, yes. I, I, that's I, that's I, hard. Right. It's hard. And you also have to, I think... It made more sense in 2008 because there really we didn't know how you would do it. Like, how could you be Facebook? How could we hold Facebook for everything everybody posts on Facebook? How could we hold Google responsible well, for everything that gets posted on Google? There's too much stuff. Like, now we know. YouTube gets millions and millions of uploads every day. There's no way humans could watch that much. Now we know how we can hold them responsible. It's like if they change their algorithm to promote. Right. Well, now we know there are these tools that you can use that can actually make huge differences. And they're choosing not. They're to. choosing not to. And and in Spotify, it's even more egregious. It's like, well, you could just not pay Joe Rogan a hundred million dollars, and you would take his vaccine misinformation elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And you're you're refusing to do that. You so and Netflix. You're it's now like you guys are like. Uh, it. Yeah, it's like that. Netflix has just come out with a new produced Dave, the produced special that Dave Chappelle. Right. Did. They're also trying to play the same game of like, look, we just like Dave Dave's Chappelle. an artist and he says whatever he's going to say, and we're just the the place that's hosting. And it's like, no, you're you, you, people you're give, yeah giving him lots of money to come say these things on your platform specifically instead of someone yes, else. Yes, exactly. And also like the idea of like, okay, well, the web does the web hosting provider have to be responsible if the content that, 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 that right you know, and that's like one thing. But in, in like the First Amendment is one thing. But it's also like the First Amendment doesn't say that a privately owned company has to go pay someone to go make hate speech. Like people are just twisting this around into being like they're profiting right. and they're well, a privately and, and, owned company, and, and, not and the government. I, I would say such a small, such a drop in the bucket, such a narrow range of the First Amendment arguments that happen on the Internet are in good faith. Like almost no one who pretends to be a free speech warrior <laughs> on like Twitter actually gives a shit about it in principle. Tell me like one. Yeah. Tell there, me one good faith argument you've ever heard about the First Amendment. Yeah. It's always like I secretly like this and want people to be able to say it. And I'm afraid I won't be able to say it. Uh, but let's go burn these books and. Uh, but well, it, it, like I think, like ninety nine, ninety nine percent of the time, it, it you you saw the John Mulaney uh, Saturday Night Live. Did you see? Did you watch the Fisher Price Home podcasting set? So sketch? good. Uh, there, he has that one line. It's it's a it's the perfect. It's exactly the right line for the for the joke. Like it's he's like streaming where where he's he's pretending to be like a white dude doing like a Rogany type podcast. And he goes, you know, if they had a show called Whitish, the liberals would lose their minds. And it's like that's exactly the point. All these guys really just want to make. They're pretending it's free speech, but they're really just. Afraid. It's also yeah. They're complaining about not being able to say the n word. Yeah. No, you're and exactly. It, and right. it's and it's all just like the free speech stuff is like how they get out of just being like I want to say the n word. You so know? do you think now that the world is going to ostensibly open up for two or three weeks before we just have a nuclear holocaust or whatever? Uh, do you think like people are going to start normalizing again? I guess because we've just now ramped up the threat of something else that is now like I, that and the climate change stuff. But I feel like interacting if people go back in public again, will they become will the radicalized crazy people, which are just like a, it's just it seems like it affected people like it infected like Corona infected. It's just a random smattering of people went insane and their beliefs are now awful. But they're like otherwise before this had like fine beliefs. I I think that uh, if, if history is our guide. Uh, they're just those people are lost crazy now. Well, like I, I don't, I don't <clears throat> like like they're they're crazy now. Like everything they like they're they're maniacs. They're gonna like wandering. You know, I, I but I think that 
you, they're not going to go back to being the people they were before this. This is now like a change. <clears throat> These people have become radicalized into a different way of thinking, and we're just going to see the ripple effects on it for years and years now. It's not, we're not going to like put this moment, like it's a genuine cultural shift. But it, okay, and I feel that, and I'm unfortunately, I think I'm in the same boat as you, but devil's advocate, we've all been changed by this experience. Of Lots course. Of, like, no, no one can go back yes. to how they were before. Agreed. Nobody. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. But like maybe if we started in, like the problem I think a lot of this thing is, is like we were, this was a, this was like an anthropological experiment that like some higher power played. Like this is like, you bring like college students into a room for a psych experiment and then you tell them it's one thing and then you isolate them for like 10 hours and you just see what happens. This is a experiment yeah. done on like a global scale of just what would make people crazy, how long it would take to well, make you remember, people insane. You remember like the you, you, like the great enlightenment, you know, like when when all these like niche new weird pocket religion. I don't mean to say weird. All religions are weird. Let's right. get over it. When all all of a sudden like there was like a a huge run of like evangelicalism across the country and like this religious revival movement and all sorts of churches popped up all over the place and new movements and splits in churches and new mm -hmm. cults and groups and whatever. Moments this. Uh, when, it was like the early 20th century. I want to say like late. Oh, like Mormons and Scientology. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, and I'm like, it kind of grew out of that, uh, like Seventh Day Adventist, like all of these groups. Mega church. And this is kind of what I mean. Like it, it was not a thing that happened and then things went back. It was like our modern American religion comes from this moment. Like right. our, the way we conceive of people being religious in America was like born out of this. Okay. And I think that's the kind of impact we're talking about when you talk about COVID. It's like, oh no, we're just like, everything's always going to be different than it would have been otherwise because this thing happened to everybody who's alive right now. So here, here's and my- And we're never gonna be the same again. Well, here's my, here's my optimistic read of the silver lining is so much of this was conditional to the aloneness of this all, like not being able to interact with, like being like dangerous or being forbidden to go out in public and have conversations with, I don't know, your fucking barista, like anyone on the street. Like, you know, we don't think of ourselves as like necessarily talking to that many random people per day, but just going out and like having a conversation with a coworker, anyone whose beliefs might be different than ours and that we have to like relearn Oh, there's like appropriate things to say. And then there's things you can keep to yourself. And like there's beliefs you can have. It doesn't have to be like if you buy into one thing, you have to buy into the whole, the whole ideology. And that's, I believe, where the issues are right now is that like people have been so isolated. And it's just like if you if, once you get that one crack in, I don't feel like wearing a mask. Then suddenly the next thing is like I'm pro-Trump and I am. I think that there's some validity in what Putin said. You know, it's just one thing. Like it's just... And maybe that yeah. will, maybe the nuance will come back if we start having conversations and being in public and realizing there's like I mean, I, I think, ourselves. I think it's that's that's part of it is that being isolated from everybody and from your neighbors and, and yeah, yeah demonizing it, it it leads right it leads to more factionalism and paranoia and like and otherism and, and you, right yeah. and once people I I do think I do think some of that will will settle down as we sort of reintegrate and like come together more regularly also, in a people are pussies you think like all this like anti right. all this hate like stuff like that's about different groups you think they're like when you get back to the office when you get back to like right. talking to your like and like the 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 fights at restaurants over putting on masks like i think that stuff will sort of start to die down but like people remembered like human well there's like yeah they'll get more used to being around one another again and so a lot of that and stuff will be allowed. and yeah. and just like you know life will 
restart in its like full busyness. And so it's like you won't have like a lot of looming threat now. It's now existentially terrible. Yeah. And it's also just like, you know, the idea of like, like having the time, like, oh, I had time today. So I'm going to let this guy know. I'm going to give this guy a piece of my mind. Like, you know, like that, that, that expression, like, he shouldn't have messed with me today. I've got the time. I've never I, heard that. Oh, uh, it's like, but I understand that. I understand. Yeah, right. You know, what I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna give this guy a piece of my mind right now because I can, I have the free space in my life, and I think that we've all had the time because <laughs> life just slowed down and things got weird for a few years. But now that you know, kids are going back to all of their activities and school, <laughs> and, and like, to go back to the everything's open. Right, you're back to the office. Life is gonna resume in all of its errands and its fullness and its busyness. Uh, we're just not going to have the time to like fight about stuff and, as much. Right. You know? And because, because, but there's all these other now existential threats that feels like so much more dire because like everything costs so much more. And like, you know, the world right. is, and and all these different things. But I, trying, but I also think, I think to me, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, well, I just think that like, it, it's going to be interesting to see how people who have been put under such strain, like, of course, if you get papillioned, but like if papillion, that guy from papillion was allowed to have a computer and only allowed to read like, you know, QAnon. Right. Then like after a couple of years of solitary confinement, he would come out like a crazed lunatic. That's just like, yeah. not even like you well, can blame the, the person, but like, it's just sort it's, of like. I don't know. To me, it's even more than the isolation or the weirdness. It's it's the it's the mistrust on both sides. Yeah, the people who walk around wearing masks, like it's so scary. Like, the people who think that the masks are a conspiracy and everybody's a sheep who fell for it and like Fauci's evil, like they don't, they're, they've been now filled with mistrust for everybody. The government's out to get them. The medical establishment's out to get them. By the way, we also think, like, the other side also thinks that. Well, here's what I was, that's what I was leading into. But the other side, the side that doesn't believe that about Fauci, doesn't think COVID was a conspiracy, well, now they believe that their neighbors were trying to kill them. Like, half the country was not looking out for us in this moment of crisis. I no longer trust Americans to be responsible, do the right thing. I don't feel like we're a good country full of people who respect me anymore. That's the thing. I think we all feel like we're no longer in a good country. And maybe right. like we'll get together on that. And I think that, no. I, Not get together, but like, woo. I think it's going to be harder just when we go back in public to differentiate who's on what side because we're going to be like, yeah, fuck the medi- I, medical system. And you're like, yeah, yeah. fuck the medical system. Yeah, like, I mean, I I don't my, my the cynical part of me is like that that I don't feel like that's usually how it works out. It's not usually like we all turn sour and bitter and feel like nobody's looking out for us, and so we we unite under that. Like now, everybody's out to get us. Let's all team up. It, it, it like it just devolves further. Well, well, because it's, it's, it's that idea, right? It's the like the idea of like the otherness. Everyone is an other. I wasn't saying masks as a political issue. I was literally saying when you go out in public and you see everyone in masks, it feels like your brain, reptilian brain, like reads it as like a hostile bank robbery. I, 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 yeah, I, yeah, I, I do. I, but I just think it's so, it's just what they came to. It's what masks have come to represent, but it's what everything has come to represent, oh, yeah, which is your physical sense of how, a mask. right. How divided we are about literally everything, how we can't we can't come together about like that's what it it was almost like the first few days of the Ukraine situation. It was actually kind of remarkable, like it seemed like a a significant majority of Americans like agreed about something like like after 9-11. Ukraine is the good guys and Russia's the bad guys and Zelensky is acting heroic and Putin is acting bad. But don't we also mostly, besides Tucker Carlson, mostly believe that? I mean, I feel like it's already started dissipating where I'm already seeing more people break up. But no, I agree. Like, 
that that's been such a remarkable thing because it really does feel like it's been years. We needed a villain that was like that big. It was like so much right. like like a. It feels like it's been years since there was anything, and I I did think it was fascinating how quickly it it knocked the uh, the trucks like. The, the, the trucks had been dominating the news for weeks and the trucks thing is still going on. I saw it. I don't, it's so funny. I don't get the correction. The mask mandates are basically over. What are they doing? It was uh, the trucker, whatever, the trucker union in Canada, or like whatever the, the, yeah. the governing body that, that governs truckers, it, it had not dropped its vaccine mandate. So truckers needed to get vaccinated and they were like, we're in a fucking truck. Like, why do? What does it matter? Well, I can honestly like uh, read the room, guys. Why? But, did you, yeah. But it was also like, I it, it was. It's important to note this. Yeah. I'm not saying there were not people who felt that way, like it's the way I agents. just described it. Yeah. I'm sure there were real Canadian truckers who didn't the, like the, the the vaccine mandate, but the money, the people organized. A lot of it was astroturfed by American right wing interests and Canadian right. Yeah, the woman running and, it was like getting money from. Right. Yeah, and it, it sort of turned. And, and you just have to think about uh, if it was all like a lot of the stage more lower to middle class truckers. They don't necessarily own their trucks. They don't necessarily have the ability to take three, four weeks off of work to go drive to Ottawa and block roads. It's like it probably wasn't entirely a workers movement. It reminds me of like the Tea Party. So you're basically like, telling me this is crisis actors. <laughs> uh, not crisis actors, but like. Well, a, isn't, that, isn't a, that what a crisis actor is? Well, no, a crisis actor would be like they're not a they're they're literally a paid performer who's just there to make it look like a protest. And this yeah. could just be like. This was just organized by outside money and they were like helping people to get there and like getting people who weren't maybe necessarily truckers by career to show up and take part in it to boost the numbers. Isn't that, but that doesn't mean No, because they're still believers. They're still wanted to be there. They weren't just like paid performers. They were just, you know, Where's that money goes like helped that? out to get there and funded. So they were like, paid like think to about be there. it. What it like. Here's the difference. Let's say there's a protest. They're believers. They're fundamentalists. Let's say there's a there's a protest going on in Vegas this coming weekend. There's going to be a big protest. We're going to protest that everybody in a casino should have to wear a mask. Let's just say I'm hypothetical. <laughs> and <laughs> I was in L.A. and I was like, I'm going to find a hundred people who pro mask. And I'm going to get rent us a bus mm -hmm. and we'll drive out there. And I'm going to organize the whole thing. I'm going to set up a Facebook page. I'm not hiring crisis actors. I'm not going to pay people just to be there, but I'm facilitating them getting there. I'm making it into a bigger thing than it would be. It actually seems like crisis actors would be the harder thing to pull off, like to pay somebody and then cover it up like wag the dog style. Exactly. It feels like it would be so much easier to tap into these people's exactly. resentment. And it, and it so is, that is basically crisis. I mean, in my mind, it's morally equivalent to crisis actors. But right. But it's, it's not crisis actors specifically means oh it's fake like this is a hoax and you're paying people to make it look like there's protesters Wait, but there really? aren't protests that's what crisis actors so it's like literally like the the, the Alshans was saying the sandy hook victims were yeah like oh yeah no, he was to, saying paid to be in that school like weren't no he was saying the sandy hook shooting didn't happen and those people were it's a hoax and those people were paid to pretend to have lost their children it's weird that he is not um the president right now <laughs> no that's why it's so offensive he's no, literally a den he's denying the reality of what happened one could say he was just ahead of the time in terms of like <laughs> no honestly no he well yes i mean that he had the curve in terms of like where this was all going i mean you saw waking life right <laughs> how amazing yeah. is it that he's in that
You know no, that, right? I, no, I didn't. You know that guy in the scene in Waking Life where oh, there's God, a guy. Please, I don't remember that much about Waking Life. There's a guy in a car and he's using like a mega, like he's got a speaker on the roof of the car and he's just shouting like, we're going to win this thing. We're not going to give up without a fight. We're going to take our country back. And he's like screaming this stuff into like a megaphone and broadcasting it on the streets of Austin. That's Alex Jones. He was a local nutcase Austin guy on the radio. Oh and Richard God. Linklater, he like listened to him and knew who he was and, and put him in this movie. So he like, like I know, sure, he wanted the attention. So it was I just didn't... local flavor. Like for Richard Linklater putting him in there, he was just picking weird local yeah. Austin people and putting them in his movie. I just I just think there needs to, you know. He didn't know who Alex Jones was going to become, you know. I hate to, I don't even know if this is the right thing to say or whatever. But when I look at someone like Amy Coma Barrett, uh, Comey Barrett or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just Justice like, Amy Coney. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm like, <laughs> I read that New Yorker profile about her too. And I'm like. Well, it's awful and like Handmaid's Tale and bad, but at least she's not fucking insane. That might be insidious in a terribly different level that she's able to enact all these things, but at least she's not uh, unmoored from fucking reality. Uh, she's out there. She's out there, but she's but she's <laughs> able to rein it in. Well, it's I yeah. I mean, I guess it's somebody was the you know. There's always that. She's got like seven kids. One yeah, special there, needs. There's always that. Haiti. There's always that. Like the George W. Bush Trump question like somebody like there was that tweet the other day that i was like losing my mind over where it was like can we agree that he may not have been a good president but can we agree that george w bush was a good man as a he wanted to do the right thing as opposed to donald trump and, I, and, I, and I have those thoughts a lot and i unfortunately go like yeah i think he's a good guy yeah it's no, like in the hindsight to me the only i mean i don't i don't agree with that <laughs> i mean i know no, i'm saying it's unfortunate that i believe yeah, that because like I've yeah been, but i but i think the one thing i you could say like the one argument that i could they could almost see somebody making is well george w bush is much worse because what? donald i think so maybe because donald trump is not capable of rationality like he's an insane drug addict and like i don't think he was in charge of his decisions like i think that he he's a creature of impulse i don't think he's strategic the way people give him credit no. i think he's just a lunatic right but like no but like you don't get that far in life you don't make those kind of deals in life because you are you are oh you sure are, you, you do are, if you're that rich yeah but how do you get that rich i mean i know his but family his dad went, was that rich well i know but i mean like he's made business decisions and it's like no like he's a megalomaniac and i'm not saying that like mental illness uh it doesn't absolve you from responsibility no i'm not, say, I'm not saying it, I, i'm not absolving donald trump of any responsibility i'm just saying if you were like worst person like, like who's moral, a worse guy like, uh wow. george w bush was well, he's an idiot, stone though. cold sober I mean, he's stupid, but <coughs> was he they're, so, both, they're both stupid. Was like, he so close over? Wasn't he the yeah, former drug addict? And- former drug addict. But by the time he was in the White House, George W. Bush didn't drink, did nothing. No drugs, nothing. I don't even know if he would take like uh, like medication. Like he's a, you know, he's a sober guy uh, and, and <laughs> cognizant, dumb, but like had all of his faculties, knew exactly how evil all the things he did was he? doing. I think he did. I think I think he <laughs> You just, don't think like uh I think George Cheney, w, I think like, George W. Bush legitimately like does not care. And the, like the image I had of him was just him reading that book during 9 11 Like I don't think he was that I mean like, he was a doofus who was manipulated by Dick Cheney, but he didn't not know what was going on on his watch and like he was starting wars and stuff. And I think Donald Trump, the one thing you could say for him is like he doesn't understand the idea of consequences like i really don't believe that he does i think why does that make him less of a worse person how are we defining worse right it's just that's that's what i'm saying is like i think it depends on how you define worse i think if if worse is you do worse things 
then that then that's you know you make the call. It's a it's an objective choice who did the worst things. I think that there the I could maybe see somebody making the argument that well this guy was so very aware of how much human suffering he was creating, and this guy I legitimately don't think his brain understands that humans who aren't him suffer. I don't like, I don't I don't think he can process. I don't I don't so think for, sociopaths are like by definition better people. Not better. Uh, better is not the right word. But I do think there is something to be said for. I don't think like the hallucination of that is Donald Trump's reality as opposed to the one that because I did want to talk a little bit more of that. Like all of our realities are hallucinations. But the one that is Donald Trump's reality is so far from anything recognizable. Yeah, it's hard to even comment on what's going on in his brain or uh, give it a qualitative measure because I think he's just he's like legitimately a, a well, drug crazed madman. But uh, yeah, but I would say that like I think Bush was like the like you know redheaded stepchild, although not a stepchild. Like he was like the idiot son of like I'm not sure like how much I by your by your own argument I don't know how much like culpability I can put on. Bush like I don't know how much awareness he had uh, like, I, think I, don't, he was, I don't think he doesn't know what starting two wars means I think he's not like, an idiot on that level but I don't think he was being really told the, the correct information or having it spun to him in a way that he like nah, he's he was there he was there but like the web you know a lot of people a lot of people believed in the w uh wmd like a lot of nah, people I mean a lot of people pretended to because they thought war with Iraq was good I mean it was business. a knee-jerk thing and it was like the thing that I'm not saying that I'd absolve him or don't absolve I him. don't I don't think I don't think very many people believed in wmds because I was not that like I was young and wasn't that well read and like I could see through it. If yeah, I was like, smart but, enough in that era to know like there, I don't think. But you're hyper intelligent, Lon, and that's your hallucination that the rest of the world is like <laughs> able to operate on your level. Like here's Sir Hitchens, say we will about him. He was a conservative, but like and, and a lot of people like like the, were like a lot of liberal people were on the wrong Bush side. Bush was in the room when they were figuring out how they were gonna sell the WMD lie. Like he didn't believe it. They didn't fool him. He was fool the one who was telling one. Colin Powell to lie to us. Fool him once, though. <laughs> like I'm saying, like fool him once. Well, I, I don't. I I guess I just think he's smarter than you do. Like I think he's like a doofusy guy, <laughs> but I don't think he's like out of it stupid. I don't I think, think he's he, out of it stupid, but I think like the movie, like uh, Vice, uh, the Cheney movie. There's W, and then there's Vice. I'm there's saying Vice. I think in Vice, like like literally Cheney's was so canny and so clever that he would know how to spin things, even. Like like house like House of Cards, uh, Kevin Spacey style. Like he'd be able to sell you on something, even if you weren't a stupid person. Maybe I don't I, I I tend to I Bush was out there like big trying. I think kill, I think trying to kill my daddy. I think mission accomplished. Tim was like he was like I did it. Oh, I do think in that moment he thought he thought he did it, but so, that doesn't but that doesn't absolutely. absolve him of starting the war that he thought it was over before uh-huh. it was. But we're saying that like we don't absolve Trump. It's just like they're. Not, I didn't say I would absolve Trump. I just said to me that's the one complicating issue. It's like. Trump, to me, like trying to put myself in the mindset of like, what is like, think about it. What do you think life is like when you're Donald? Like, I think I think like, a lot of people can think like that. Now I think they're life, so crazy. Like, like, I can imagine being George W. Bush. Like, I could put myself in the mindset ah, of George W. Bush. I do the opposite. But Donald Trump is just like, he's not rational. Like, he's never I don't think he's been rational in decades. Yeah. I, for some reason, I, I find it the opposite. I can't imagine like what a white 
guy from Texas who's a family man. Like, I can't. Just, uh, he just, he's like you. He just believes a lot of dumb bullshit. Well, thank you, you a lot, Lon. <laughs> uh, no, but like, I, but I mean, like, he's just a person. Like, like Donald can't... Trump is this, like, lunatic. But, like, a, but after the 2020s, don't you think that, like, or, like, the early, that we all know what it feels like to be paranoid, to be like, everyone else is like. Not, not in the, not in the Donald Trump way. And I, just like to be stuck and just go, just like hardcore, just, not listening just, to anyone. like, look at a video of him and watch his face for like 20 seconds. Like Look, he's man, not, he's on Adderall. He's, yeah, he's, he's not he's, experiencing reality the way we are. And we say we, again, my <laughs> you're just talking to the wrong person about this. You're not like out to lunch, like Donald Trump. Not yet, but that is the fear. <laughs> if if the, this pandemic had gone on long enough, I think I managed to say smart, somewhat sane, but I also have this weird thing where I think like, the algorithm has have given me a pass. Like they were like, we don't want her to get involved in this. Like I, my Facebook feed has always been fine. I've never had like one toxic shit. No, I don't. I don't have a very toxic Facebook feed either. It's like but Pokemon. It's also because I'm hardly ever over there, oh, and there I went. A lot. And I went to high school in Southern California, so most of the people I went to high yeah. school with, it was Orange County. So there are some conservatives, but they're not. They know better than to be like. My exposure you know, to masks are going to give you AIDS or whatever. They're not that kind of conservative. I'm saying my exposure to the kind of ideal uh, ideology and the fake news and stuff that radicalizes people has been so severely limited that I can't tell you what I would have done had that been like the information that I had been seeing first. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I also have the obstinance defiance or, uh, was it contrary defiance disorder, obstinance defiance disorder. So I might've rebelled against that. Like yeah, that's why my dad I, said he didn't join the, the Mansons cause he couldn't, uh, like he couldn't abide being told what to do. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's I think it's part of that. I, I like I think it's just I think you have too much media literacy. I think that's where they get you because I think you've worked in media and like you understand how journalism works and how reporters do their jobs. And I think that yeah. that alone is probably going to keep you from falling for most of this stuff. Sure, that's I, that that tends to be how they get people as they they lean on that. We all distrust the media. That's healthy. Like you, you should always read everything with a healthy dose of skepticism. Oh, I trust them. That's so funny. Like media isn't one thing I trust. This was brought up in a conversation with a friend recently. There was like the fake headlines. A lot. I'm like, I actually trust the news a lot well, no, more. I, it's not that. It's not that the that that's this is kind of the distinction I'm making. It's not okay. It's not that like these people are actively lying to me. It's like understanding how news gets written and like well. They do need to find a narrative like whoever's writing this news article does need to turn this into a story somehow that makes right. sense. And they want clicks. But I think at this point, like and, the New York right. Times isn't trying to get more fucking. Exactly. It, it's it's that distinction. It's it's understanding the real biases that go into making the news as opposed to thinking like everything in this is a lie that's being sold to me by Dominion voting machines. Right. Or like you just have to. Yeah, I think that like I trust outlets a lot more than I trust like. As well, Your you should. Blog, I mean, you know, look, like cause, I, because one of them's beholden to like right. And I'm not, and I'm not here to tell you like the New York Times is like a bastion of honesty. Like, there's a lot of fucked up shit in the New York Times. I think it's like pretty terrible, especially like the op-ed page. But I'm not saying everything that's in the New York Times is a lie. Obviously, that's not true. Oh, Most you were saying the opposite. Then I thought York you were Times saying true. You're saying the opposite. I'm sorry. I thought you were saying don't trust the media. Like, don't trust the institutions. You're saying the opposite. I'm saying everything you read, whether it's the New York Times or whether it's like Pete's awesome blog of truth, you should read with a very healthy amount of your own skepticism and rational thinking. But not the same amount of skepticism applied to every. Well, but that's part of the it's part of it is like the New York Times has fact checkers. That's and what I'm it's, saying. It's I'm law, Yeah, we're, we're agreeing. 
the ombudsman, uh, it's a storied institution. It, it's probably not outright lying. At worst, it's probably presenting a certain kind of information or presenting one side in order to sway me. And I think that you want to read it like that and think and do the do the critical thinking of like, why is this person being quoted and not that person? A great example. And I know we, we got to we got to jump. So I'm going to be quick. There was that article about uh, all the, the trains are being robbed in Southern California. Did you see this? Mm -hmm. Very quickly. So uh, that was in the New York Times. That was in the L.A. Times. That was in a bunch of big publications. And a guy went back a week later and was like, actually, all of these ideas about criminal gangs that are attacking these trains is probably all bullshit. And they went through the article and they were like every single person being quoted as either a cop or a representative for the train company because they want to pay more cops to go out there. And it's really just these trains are stopping in this area. There's no security being paid to be there. And there's a lot of homeless people in the area. So they're just wandering onto the train and taking stuff. It's not really that hard to figure out. Yeah. So I they should just hire security to not. Put, let people get and, on the train. Look, I, as someone who worked for Jared Kushner, like right. a publication for many years, I mean, like arts and entertainment, to be clear, but like you couldn't, there were there were ramifications if you just wanted to publish your opinion and back it up with crazy, crazy, right. insane, made up uh, things. Yeah. Like, and there's no. Because it's an, it's an institution. It's and, an, and it's an a organization company. that's been around for many there's years. There's HR. There's, right. there's, there's, there's pushback where there are no checks and balances. So you can't read them with the same amount of exactly. skepticism. No, no, no one's saying that. That's part of when you're reading a blog that doesn't have an editor, doesn't have a fact checker, do doesn't your have research. Do your own research is just like, that's a, that's a dog whistle for like, we trust the New York Times the same level as we trust right. this Facebook post. Exactly. And, and so that's what I'm saying. So I, that's the one thing I think would keep you from falling for some of that stuff is you're naturally going to have a much healthier, a much greater amount of skepticism for something you heard from yeah. some random Facebook user as opposed to uh, an established but my Facebook credible news source. My Facebook also just doesn't tell me any of this stuff. Sure. Like my, my, my Twitter is just <laughs> like, what, whatever, Drew, like you're fine. Just, Fair just, enough. Uh, also, I I guess my thing is uh, I basically only like to read things that are that are grammatically correct. So that keeps me from, <laughs> that keeps my eyes from like literally taking right. information. Yeah. Anyway, we got to wrap it up. We got to roll, folks. Because I need to go to the doctor and find out whether Lon has COVID now. <laughs> Thank you. Please call me later and let me know if I have COVID. Yeah, I'll let you know. Folks, I don't have COVID. Not fun. yet. She's just making a, she's just, she's just funning around. I am hopefully funning around. For for laughs and giggles. Hopefully. Uh, Lon, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at L-O-N-S. That's the best place to keep up with everything I'm working on. And you should also listen to my other show. It's called Binge Boys. That's oh, yeah. with me and Hal Rudnick. Hell yeah. Uh, look it up wherever you find your podcasts. Would you like a pinball machine for your birthday? Wait, wow, a whole I... pinball machine? Yeah, I'm just looking at this thing. It's... That's elaborate. Uh, my birthday is on November 26th. I can folks. save up for them. Okay. Anyway, uh, you can find me at Video Drew across all social networks, but you're here on Content Candy. So please like us, leave us a review. Uh, if you do and you send me a screenshot, like on social media, I will endorse you for whatever you want on LinkedIn. And guys, I have a lot of followers on LinkedIn. Um, there's going to be kind of a wonky scheduling thing for a while here as I start some work um, potentially very soon. Uh, so this schedule is going to be kind of sporadic and chaotic, but check this channel regularly subscribe that's even more incentive to also check out my youtube channel everything is kind of like at video drew so it's just one word video drew um we do a lot of shows over there we do why are we like this video chronic pop culture quizzes also just join my patreon i feel weird about it because like if i start work do i need to charge people money for my content but then i'm gonna just yeah but that has nothing to do with what has nothing to do with the other you're right 
But, but this is just like the weird thing I feel about everything these days where I'm like, what is my moral obligation to society? Bigger question for another time. Yeah. But guys, at Video Druid Social Networking or social, yeah, sure, why not? And check me out on the Schmodown. It's a thing that I just did a match for. Hey. And, uh, against Josh McCuber and Elliot Dewberry. And that's fun. I looked great in that match. I looked amazing. And I was very funny. So go check that out on YouTube. It's there now. Um, other than that, that's it for me. That's it for me forever. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.